Dear Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be alive today. Lord, please take our lives and let it be consecrated to thee. May your will be done both in our lives and in the earth, and may we be proper ambassadors and representatives of you on this earth. For that purpose, Lord, we request that you grant to us grace and strength and help that we may fulfill your will on this earth. Lord, for all that you do for us, we want to bring glory to your name and not to be a source of sorrow in heaven. Lord, therefore, we ask that you guide us, direct us, be in us and us in you, that we may be sources of glory to all heaven. May your words that is spoken now be a blessing to us. Lord, put your words in my mouth and touch my lips with the coals of heaven, that the words spoken may be a blessing to your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 16 God's Secrets It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Acts chapter 1 verse 7 The witch of Endor had made agreement with Satan to follow his directions in all things, and he would perform wonders and miracles for her, and would reveal to her the most secret things if she would yield herself unreservedly to be controlled by his satanic majesty. This she had done. By the prediction of Saul's doom given through the woman of Endor, Satan planned to ensnare the people of Israel. He hoped that they would be inspired with confidence in the sorceress and would be led to consult her. Thus, they would turn from God as their counselor and would place themselves under the guidance of Satan. The lure by which spiritualism attracts the multitudes is its pretended power to draw aside the veil from the future and reveal to men what God has hidden. God has in his word opened before us the great events of the future, all that is essential for us to know, and he has given us a safe guide for our feet amid all its perils. But it is Satan's purpose to destroy men's confidence in God and to make them dissatisfied with their condition in life and to lead them to seek a knowledge of what God has wisely veiled from them and to despise what he has revealed in his holy word. There are many who become restless when they cannot know the definite outcome of affairs. They cannot endure uncertainty and in their impatience, they refuse to wait, to see the salvation of God. Apprehended evils drive them nearly distracted. They give way to their rebellious feelings and run hither and thither in passionate grief, seeking intelligence concerning that which has not been revealed. If they would but trust in God and watch unto prayer, they would find divine consolation their spirits will be calmed by communion with God. The weary and heavy laden would find rest unto their souls if they would only go to Jesus. 
but when they neglect the means that God has ordained for their comfort and resort to other sources, hoping to learn what God has withheld, they commit the error of Saul and thereby gain only a knowledge of evil. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God's Secrets. Our key text is taken from the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 7 and it's very telling. It says, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. And do you know who made this statement? It was none other than Jesus Christ our Lord. When his disciples were asking him, Lord, when will you finally come and take over the throne of Jerusalem and reign as king? When will you deliver us from the arms of the Romans? His response to them was this. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. Let us ponder on this statement and ask ourselves whether we are as inquisitive as those apostles to know the things that the Father has kept in his power. If it is not for us to know, then it is not good for us to know. For everything that is good for us to know, the Father has revealed to us. There are many things to know, but it is not everything that there is to know that is good. There's a thing called the knowledge of evil. But apart from the knowledge of evil, there are just things about the future which if you know, it may alter the way you behave today. And the Lord graciously and lovingly withholds it from us so that we will not know. One important example is the example of the, of the Millerites and those who were preaching the 1844 message. There was something that God withheld from them which if they had known they would not have done what God wanted them to do. They misinterpreted the events that was to take place after the 2300 days. And that was, they saw it to be the second coming of Jesus. But the real thing was that, based on that prophecy, Jesus was to enter the most holy place. And we are told that if they knew that that was what was actually going to happen, that it was not the second coming of Jesus, they would not have preached that message with power as they were supposed to. Therefore, God graciously withheld from them that knowledge so that they can preach with power the message of the atonement, though they were saying it was the second coming. But later on, they studied and they realized that it was the atonement. It is not for us to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his power. The Lord will graciously withhold from us some things that concern the future because it is not going to be for our good to know it. As we are studying now the life of King Saul, he wanted to know something that the Lord has kept in his power, which it would not have been good for him to know. What was it that he wanted to know? What will I do? What is going to be the outcome of this battle? In 1 Samuel 28, he went to the witch of Endor as we have seen in previous devotions. Samuel, so-called, was consulted, but it wasn't Samuel that came up. It was an evil spirit that came up, a demon pretending to be like Samuel and gave him a message. It says in verse 12, And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? 
And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. I'll stop. Just in case you have not understood or you didn't listen to the previous devotion, please, I would want for you to listen to the previous one titled, That's Not Samuel, before even continuing with this one, so that you can put into proper perspective what we are studying today. So continuing verse 15, it says, And Samuel said unto Saul, which was an evil spirit, not Samuel, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am so distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. So here we see that Saul wants to know the future. He wants to know what God has kept a secret. And if you want to know why God didn't answer him, you can listen to the devotion of the previous two days, which is titled, well, of the last two days, which is titled, No Answer from God. That's the one for June 14. And you'll get a good answer to why God was not answering Saul. Now, reading from verse 16, Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thine enemy? And the Lord has done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord had rent the kingdom out of thine hand, and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shall thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all along on the earth, and was so afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day, nor all the night. And the woman came unto Saul, and saw that he was so troubled, and said unto him, Behold, thine handmaid had obeyed the voice, thy voice, and I have put my life in my hand, and have hearkened unto the words, thy words which thou, hast, thou speakest unto me. Now therefore I pray thee. Hearken thou also unto the voice of thine handmaid, and let me set a morsel of bread before thee, and eat, that thou mayest have strength, when thou goest on thy way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, compelled him, and he hearkened unto their voice, so he arose from the earth and sat upon the bed. And the woman had a fat calf in the house. And she hasted and killed it, and took flour, and kneaded it, and did bake unleavened bread thereof. And she brought it before Saul, and before his servants, and they did it. Then they rose up, and went away that night. Hmm, what a story. Let us analyze what just happened here. Do you see that after the information was given to Saul, he lost his strength? That the, look at what that, the, that, that evil spirit said to him. Say, you and your sons. I mean, him and his sons were going to die and he told him, you will be with me tomorrow. You are going to die. How is that message going to help anybody? How is it going to bless anyone? Saul inquired into secrets that he shouldn't have known. And I cannot say now whether the spirit was right or not, but eventually what the spirit said happened. He and his sons, they did die. But one thing I'm sure of is that this message given to Saul wouldn't have strengthened him. It weakened him because of this inquiring into a secret 
that he ought not to know. For many of us, we want to know things that we that is kept a secret. And this is how we inquire and get restless to know things that the Lord has kept to himself. And it is dangerous to do that. Why is it that Satan uses these means? And this spiritualism that was done here, you see that the truth, um, what he said came to pass. I wouldn't say it was the truth, but what he said actually did come to pass. What does Satan stand to achieve? We read it in our devotion that what he wants to achieve is to destroy confidence in God. By the prediction of Saul's doom given through the woman of Endor, Satan planned to ensnare the people of Israel. He hoped that they would be inspired with confidence in the sorceress and would be led to consult her. Thus, they would turn from God as their counselor and would place themselves under the guidance of Satan. Take note of these words that Satan hoped to inspire the people with confidence that they may turn away from God. Modern day consultancy is not, not, no, not any different. Satan is using Christ's method. In Ministry of Healing, page 143, we are told Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence, then he bade them follow me. End of quote. Satan is doing the same thing, mingling with men as one who desires our good. And then through some means of a medium, one witch or wizard or even any means at all, he will try to win our confidence. And after winning the confidence, then he will minister to our needs and bid us follow Satan wants to reach the people just like Christ. He does not employ any new method. Christ's method alone gives success, not only for good, but for evil. Have you ever heard of inbound marketing? It is Christ's method. When I look at inbound marketing, it's talking about adding value to people's life. And when you add value to people's life, they will, you will win their confidence when they see that you actually are out there to give them information for their good free of charge. And after that, then they will, you will win their confidence so that when you want to sell your product to the people, they will easily buy from you. That is Christ's method and Satan employs it for his own ends. Add value to their lives. Show them the future. Show them you care. Like he showed Saul something that actually did come to pass. When all Israel will hear that, what do you think will happen? People will get inquisitive and feel like, wow, so I can actually know the future from this means. So I can actually know and they will lose their confidence in God. This is what many in the world are doing too. The accurate predictions of Satan are just like the, let me say, let me say the antibiotics of today. You see, if you go to the medical profession, there's a lot of things that they do there that actually is good, that does help people and heal them of their diseases. When the use they use the plants to make, for example, antibiotics, which does some good and heal people of the sicknesses that they have. There are many drugs out there that also kill people. But Satan uses some other of the drugs to win the confidence of the people. Do you know that prescribed medication is it? I think some, there was a time when it was the third major and leading cause of death in the world. Yeah, you heard me well. The third. If prescribed medication is added to the list of the cause of death. Yeah, you have things like cancer and cardiovascular disease as number one and two. 
but they don't usually put prescribed medication but if you check the amount of people that die from prescribed medication it will rank as number three or four there was a year when it ranked at number at number three but then many people have confidence in these drugs because through some of the drugs they get confidence that it heals them that's how satan works even those which seem to work actually have what they call side effects which are actually sicknesses that they leave in the person we read in devotion the lure by which spiritualism attracts the multitudes is its pretended power to draw aside the veil from the future and reveal to men what god has hidden god has in his word opened before us the great events of the future all that is essential for us to know and he has given us a safe guide for our feet amid all its perils but some people want to know more than what god wants them to know and it is the devil that is doing this reading from great controversy page 553 paragraph 3 it says the prince of darkness who has so long bent the powers of his mastermind to work to the work of deception skillfully adapts his temptations to men of all classes and conditions to persons of culture and refinement that's like the educated he presents spiritualism in its more refined and intellectual aspects and thus succeeds in drawing many into his name the wisdom which spiritualism imparts is that described by the apostle james which descended not from above but is earthly sensual devilish james 3 verse 15. this however the great deceiver conceals when concealment will best suit his purpose he who could appear clothed with the brightness of the heavenly seraphs before christ in the wilderness of temptation comes to men in the most attractive manner as an angel of light he appeals to the reason by the presentation of elevating themes he delights the fancy with enrapturing scenes he enlists the affections by his eloquent portrayals of love and charity he excites the imagination to lofty heights leading men to take so great pride in his own wisdom that in their hearts they despise the eternal one end of quote you see this is how satan attracts many of the educated class god has been pleased to reveal lots of things to men today in the scientific world but satan slips in and takes credit for these revelations and makes people to feel like this is just the ingenuity of men as they make many discoveries which were thought to be mysteries in the past men are filled with a pride that makes them feel they are equal or above god or have no need of him so confidence in god is lost sometimes satan is actually the one who reveals the knowledge to men by doing this men lose their confidence in god and satan's object is accomplished reading from ministry of healing page 440 paragraph 3 we are told how is it that men who are at war with the government of god come into possession of the wisdom which they sometimes display satan himself was educated in the heavenly courts and he has a knowledge of good as well as of evil he mingles the precious with the vile and this is what gives him power to deceive but because satan has robed himself in garments of heavenly brightness shall we receive him as an angel of light the tempter has his agents educated according to his methods inspired by his spirit and adapted to his work shall we cooperate with them shall we receive the works of his agents as essential to the acquirement of an education end of quote you see this thing that is called spiritualism is something that satan is behind what he does 
is not just through the spirits of the dead, but even in the educated sphere, he still has his way he gets to the mind of people because that's what spiritualism is about. Spiritualism is just about Satan passing his message to us and he uses different means to do that. One of the means is like that which of Endor. In some of it, we see that people are trying to inquire into things that are hidden. And one way that things are hidden is in the mysteries of nature and life. And as men make discoveries, you find out that they have, their pride increases. But these discoveries they are making, where does it come from? Sometimes, like we just read, Satan has the knowledge and he, he gives it to them. But other times, it is not so. God is actually allowing a flood of light to come to our world. Reading from counsels to teachers, parents and students, page 378, paragraph 1, it says, In order to obtain an education, many think it essential to study the writings of infidel authors because these works contain many bright gems of thought. But who was the originator of these gems of thought? It was God and God only. He is the source of all light. Why then should we wade through the mass of error contained in the works of infidels for the sake of a few intellectual truths when all truth is at our command?" End of quote. So, like I was saying, a way that Satan works is that he can either impart knowledge or takes credit for the knowledge that God imparts to men. You see all the technology we have today and the, the knowledge of physics and the, of nature and the plants and all of that that man uses to his own benefit? It's a wisdom that comes from God. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 1 verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Do you see anything good that the men of this world, even those who do not acknowledge God, are displaying in their wisdom and their intellect? It comes from God. It is not Satan. Even Satan's own wisdom, it is God who gave it to him. Now, what Satan does is that he imparts some of this wisdom to men and they get confidence in him and lose their confidence in God. After Satan has revealed some truth, he slips in his deadly poison of error that leads to a loss of confidence in God and not only a loss of confidence in God, but leads people astray. Reading Ministry of Healing, page 439, we are told, The mastermind in the confederacy of evil is ever working to keep out of sight the words of God and to bring into view the opinions of men. He means that we shall not hear the voice of God saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Through perverted educational processes, he is doing his utmost to obscure heaven's light. Philosophical speculation and scientific research, in which God is not acknowledged, are making skeptics of thousands. In the schools of today, the conclusions that learned men have reached as a result of their scientific investigations are carefully taught and fully explained, while the impression is distinctly given that if these learned men are correct, the Bible cannot be. Skepticism is attractive to the human mind. The youth see in it an independence that captivates the imagination, and they are deceived. Satan triumphs. He nourishes every seed of doubt that is sown in young hearts. He causes it to grow and bear fruit. And soon, a plentiful harvest of infidelity is reaped. And in page 440, paragraph 1, we are told, It is because the human heart is inclined to evil that it is so dangerous to sow the seeds of skepticism in young minds. Whatever weakens faith in God robs the soul of power to resist temptation. It removes the only safeguard against sin. 
We are in need of schools where the youth shall be taught that greatness consists in honoring God by revealing his character in daily life. Through his word and his works, we need to learn of God that our lives may fulfill his purpose. End of quote. The crux of spiritualism is to make us lose confidence in God. Whether it is through the scientific research that does not acknowledge God or the philosophical speculations that remove God from the picture, all the end of it is that Satan wants us to lose confidence in God by revealing to us something that was once a mystery. God is the one who reveals some of these things and Satan wants to make man feel that it is his ingenuity and his intellect that has done it and man now starts to have pride and glory in himself and then feel that he has less need of God. Through the findings and the technology of today, men, some of them, inspired by Satan, lose confidence in God. There are people who would say, the only people who need God are people in poverty. There are people who don't have the technology. That's why you see them praying. That's why you see them looking for God and are depending on Him. Some people in the Western world and those who are affluent, because of the affluence and the advancement in technology and science, true science and even the false one, through the true science, some mistake it and say, oh, we don't need God. Look at how much we have achieved. And some bring up skeptical theories that are not true and they say, we don't need God also. Look at how much we have achieved by ourselves. And Satan's object is achieved. Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 173, paragraph 3, says, But it is Satan's purpose to destroy men's confidence in God, to make them dissatisfied with their condition in life, and to lead them to seek a knowledge of what God has wisely veiled from them, and to despise what he has revealed in his holy word. There are many who become restless when they cannot know the definite outcome of, of affairs. They cannot endure uncertainty, and in their impatience, they refuse to wait to see the salvation of God. Apprehended evils drive them nearly distracted. They give way to their rebellious feelings and run hither and thither in passionate grief, seeking intelligence concerning that which God, which has not been revealed. End of quote. You see, this does not only refer to a knowledge of the future, but also a knowledge of evil. In James 3 verse 14 to 16, we are told, But if you have bitter envying and strive in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth, this wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Take note of what we read in Conflict and Courage. It says there that some people become restless because they want to know the definite outcome of affairs. Some people today, when they try to follow the Lord, whether in dress reform, health reform and the rest, they get bothered, they are restless. They want to know, am I sure I'm going to marry when I'm doing this? What will the future hold for me? Am I sure I'll get a job when I'm following the Lord because I did not do this or that that the world wants me to do, which is in how, not in harmony with the Lord's commandments. I have refused to do it. What will be the end? And they are restless. They are discontented. And they, because they cannot see the future, the future is uncertain to them. And they are always inquiring here and there, comparing themselves with others. They become Become discontented wanting to know why does this person have this and I don't have this why does that person have that and I don't have it they cannot wait to see the salvation of God and because of that it leads to many things like I just read now it leads them to practice a knowledge of evil that is earthly sensual devilish through discontentment many have gone in the way of Satan they open their minds to receive suggestions and the wisdom from Satan that is earthly and sensual and devilish and in return they do things that are verily earthly, sensual, and devilish. 
like Satan did to the angels in heaven and to Eve. They know how to inquire and ask questions to suggest doubts concerning God and his ministers or ambassadors, which will turn the people in a direction to destroy confidence in God and in his message for our time. There are many ways Satan uses to destroy confidence in God. Like Cain, because they were probably rebuked, finding no evil in their brother or sister, they will manufacture one. They will lure to find information. That's the restlessness and discontentment. They are restless. They want to know who is this person, uh, what is this person doing, and they want to inquire. They will even go as much as finding the secrets of other people's life. That's the title of our devotions, God's Secret. Part of God's secret is what is in other people's life. You see the media inquiring into people's life, wanting to know the secret of people's life. Do you know that that secret of people's life is still God's secret? And when you become restless and discontented because of where you are, the devil keeps on bringing to your mind why you don't have this, you don't have that, you are seeing other people have it, and or just because somebody perhaps said something to you that you didn't like or, or rebuked you or a minister who said something that you didn't like because it attacked you in a place that would have uh, make you want to give up your idols. You get inquisitive and you want to know God's secrets. Like Cain, when he was rebuked, they also tried to manufacture things against Abel to find information that they would use as a club to hit the person and kill the person later. They make investigations and covert operations for this purpose. And why is this? because they have become discontented and dissatisfied with their condition in life. Like King Saul, they refuse the instruction of God and go on to look at David as the one God God commended or approved and they hate him or seek to find a fault in his life which they will use to kill him. Today, many have this devilish wisdom like King Saul. They look at their sister or brother who has something that they want so badly. Perhaps because like Cain, their cause was disapproved or disapproved of. Instead of making the appropriate sacrifice and making the right changes, they choose to look to the lives of anyone who is doing that thing that is right, for which they were reproved. Then they will revenge on that person by condemning the person like Cain did to Abel. But in the book of Deuteronomy 29 verse 29, we are told, The secret things belong unto God, uh, unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And there are others who want to know these secret things, and they go to consult these demons and spirits like King Saul did. Their father is dead or their mother is dead, and they feel, oh, somebody killed him, somebody did this, and because of that, they want to inquire. And they go to the devils to inquire because of their discontentment. Because of their discontentment. And then there are others who maybe they lost their property, their phone, their laptop, or their money was stolen. And they say no. And they become restless. They don't wait to see the salvation of God. And they go to consult demons so that they can have an answer and to see who was it that stole their property. And even the police does it. Detectives. They want to know who committed this crime. The the Lord, the Lord has hidden it from their eyes and they are making all investigations to find who is the criminal. And through all human means, they cannot find it out. And then some of them now go to meet the demons, the people with the familiar spirits and ask them, show us who did this thing. It happens. You think that the police is just free from these things. The police is not free from it. 
Even in the US, the police still consults evil spirits. Politicians, they do it. They go to consult demons to tell them what to do so that they can win elections. Politicians do it to find out what will be the outcome of this so that I will not maybe waste my money or what will I do to avert it if they are told, oh, you are going to lose this election and then they'll be told this is what you must do in order for you to win. Demons are communicating with men because men are discontented and dissatisfied and want to know what God has kept secret. And for others, they are consulting with demons to do harm to their fellow brethren. Others will say, oh, I'm discontented and dissatisfied because they see that their brother is prospering more than them and they go to consult demons to do them harm. But we have studied already that if we are following the commandments of God, there's no harm that a demon can do to us. The Lord is telling us, especially in the one I said earlier, when you are discontented and dissatisfied with the state that the Lord has left you in, whether in a lowly place as a teacher or in a lowly place just as a housewife taking care of your children, some people become discontented and dissatisfied and because of restlessness, they lose their confidence in God and inquire into things that they should not inquire into and then they go away from God, Satan then supplies the place of God in their lives and leads them astray. For others, it's out of envy and jealousy of their sister or their brother. And they start to find out the secret things in the life of their brother or sister because they are discontented of their own state and wanting to, to probe and find out this and find out that so that that which God has kept secret, they will know. But when God keeps something secret from us, the lesson we should learn is it is for your own good. Some people are offended because of secrets. They say, why did you keep this thing secret from me? Oh, my brother or my sister or my friend, you didn't tell me this, you didn't tell me that. What are you using the knowledge to do? Some people ask questions on, of their friends or brethren of things they should not ask. Questions that doesn't concern them. Questions that if they find out the answer to those questions, it will arouse envy, jealousy, hatred in them, which the person hasn't done them harm and it is even important to even keep secrets for some people or keep information from some people because they cannot be trusted. If they know certain things, you will find out that it will bring about the worst characters in them. We should learn the lesson not to be curious. We should learn the lesson that we usually say that curiosity kills the cat. It is not everything that is for us to know in the life of your own wife, in the life of your own husband, in the life of your own friends. There are some things that it is better kept secret. When you hear that somebody committed adultery, it is not for you to go and tell it to the person's wife or the person's husband thinking that you are doing the person a favor. These things are better kept secret. It is the person who did the sin that you are to go to talk to. Do you see the man committing adultery? Go and talk to him. Do you see the woman committing adultery? It is a secret thing. Go and talk to the woman and not to the person's husband or to the person's wife. These are God's secrets also because God withholds information from us that will not do us good. But when we go into inquisitivity, inquiry, to find out things that the Lord has kept secret, many times we harm ourselves. Let us only inquire from God. When Daniel wanted to know the vision that was kept secret from Nebuchadnezzar, he prayed to, to God. And in praying to God, 
God revealed to him only that which was necessary. And Daniel praised God and said in Daniel 2 verse 20, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changed the times and the seasons. Do you see those words? That's a key text. Jesus said to his disciples, Acts 1 verse 7, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons that God has kept in his power. It is God who changes them. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Verse 22. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth in him. Amen. So this is what is in the Lord's hands. And if the Lord has not revealed to us whether the secret in other people's lives or the secret concerning the future or the secret concerning our personal future and you want to know what will become of me when I follow the Lord, follow the Lord. Don't worry about what will become of you specifically. He has already told you in his word that things will be well with you and he will give you eternal life. What more do you want to know? Trust in the Lord based on what he has been pleased to reveal to us and do not become discontented to go and do evil do not fret to become inquisitive into what is in other people's lives to find out what they have that will arouse envy in your own heart and will arouse jealousy and hatred in your own heart or find out things concerning the future that when you know it will not help you if there is one thing that we should live with from this lesson and this study it is this to be willingly ignorant on that which the Lord has withheld is wisdom and to inquire and be curious about that which the Lord has kept secret is foolishness. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you Lord for the words which you have spoken to us today. We pray Father that you would help us not to inquire into things that will not be a blessing to us. We ask, O Lord, that you would grant to us the grace to trust in you, that that which you've revealed to us is the best, and that we will remain ignorant of that which we ought not to know. Help us, Lord, to remove all desire to know that in people's lives which are not even necessary, or to get so inquisitive into things that you have withheld from us. Help us to be content with you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing, and thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.